Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. UOB presents a special conversation, forging a net zero future. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for Why It Matters. And we're talking about UOB because they've set out emissions targets in six carbon intensive sectors it finances in order to meet its net zero emissions commitments by the year 2050. The second bank in the region to do so, by the way. This 2050 goal will be met by cutting financing to new upstream gas and oil projects and setting emissions reduction goals in other sectors, among other things. The six sectors UOB is targeting are power, automotive, oil and gas, which are part of the energy value chain, as well as real estate, construction and steel, which are part of the built environment value chain. So this makes up 60% of the bank's corporate lending portfolio. What does net zero mean in UOB's perspective? And what sort of a role does a bank like UOB play when it comes to this global transition to net zero? Well, in the studio with me this morning is Eric Lim, the Chief Sustainability Officer for for UOB. Good morning, Eric. Morning, Elliot. Thanks for having me. Great conversation. And, you know, we were talking off air that this whole idea of sustainability is no longer about being on board a trending topic. Mm. It's, it's mainstream now. Absolutely. <laughs> so, net zero from UOB's perspective, the importance of reaching net zero. What is net zero? A great question, Elliot. And I think, you know, when we talk about the word net zero, it's a big term that's been thrown around a lot. So I think it's uh, good for us to just kind of simplify and demystify the concept first, okay. right? And the easiest way to understand net zero is to understand that our modern economy today, right? How we live, work, play, how we generate electricity, how we move mm. our goods and ourselves around, mm. even how we grow our food, actually creates a massive amount of greenhouse gas emissions. Right. In fact, about 50 gigatons of greenhouse gas emissions per year, right? And when we talk about net zero, what we're talking about is how do we do all of these things and more because the world is going to need more power, yeah. is going to need more transport, and also our population growth needs more food. But by 2050, how do we do all of this in a net zero way? So mm-hmm. with zero carbon emissions. And so this is the big concept. And as you can tell, Elliot, we're talking about a massive transformation and revolution of our industrial processes and economies and societies right now. So that's that big idea. It's a tough one as well. And I know a lot of emphasis tends to be on the banks because of financing, right? But we tend to forget that areas of technology... You know, you got to look at that as well because of all these servers or even the idea of work from home if everyone switches on their aircon. <laughs> it's a bit of a problem, right? I want to get from the bank's perspective. I mean, first, let's talk about the current commitments. Why is it falling short of what's required? Where are some of the gaps that you guys have observed? Yeah, that's a great question. So when we think about this big work, of uh, moving the entire world towards net zero, you can tell you require a whole of systems approach. And when we talk about the ecosystem of decision makers, as well as uh, 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 ecosystem players, you're talking about governments and regulators. You're talking about the real economy where decarbonization actually happens. You're talking about financial services, Mm. banks like UOB. Mm. And you're also talking about individuals like us, consumers, as well as citizens, right? Okay. And each one of us needs to be able to do and uh, play our active and appropriate role in order for us to do this. Mm. So where we are slow 
I would rather say that we started too late. <laughs> and if you think about yeah. trying to bring us to net zero by 2050, that's 28 years from now. Right. Now, it would be a lot easier if we'd started 20, 30 years ago, but we are where we are, right? Okay. So the role of a bank is very important because we have interconnections into every part of the real economy. Everything a business does generally is financed by a bank or in one way, in some way, yeah. shape or form, right? Yeah. And so it's very important as we set our net zero targets, we're actually communicating with our clients to say, hey, we'd like to help you transition and transform your business model from one that's dependent on the old economy today to one that's fit for purpose in a sustainable mm. future. Mm. I mean, being very objective-minded, mm. the operations side of me, do we look at this situation as what's the priority first? What needs to be done urgently? How does it work in a bank? Yeah, absolutely. So when we look at sectors, okay. right, we look at which sectors contribute the most in terms of greenhouse gas emissions and actually which sectors have the technologies already available to be able to transform mm. versus some other sectors which we call hard to abate where the technologies may not exist yet, right? So I will tell you, Elliot, that power is the big yeah. thing we got to crack, right? <laughs> if you think about greenhouse gas emissions, yeah. 73% of all the emissions are related to energy needs in some way, shape mm. or form, mm. either to generate electricity or to be used in cars, shipping, aviation, etc., etc. Mm. So if we can crack energy with renewable sources, with potentially hydrogen coming into the picture, right, with other forms of uh, low-carbon uh, power options, that's the big uh, thing we can crack okay. in order to move ourselves closer to the net zero goal. So if I'm understanding this correctly, there is an agreement that we need technology to help us here. But how do we get the investment in technology? Of course, that's where the bank comes in and eventually you get that place. Eric, don't mind me. This is a bit of a surprise question. And it's just on the back of how you talked about how banks help to finance majority of businesses. Where does fintech lie in all of this? I went to a sort of an event recently and they talked about how fintech helps finance businesses that may not traditionally be able to get financing from a bank because yep. they don't have proper books. Right. Maybe they look at their electricity consumption. Yep. Does that pose a problem for traditional banks? Yeah. So I would say when you think about the role of fintech mm. and there's a new class of techs called green techs that are also ah. coming into play. Okay. They play a very important role in the ecosystem because one of the big challenges we have is getting the right granular and accurate type of sustainability data, mm. right? And we know if you can't measure something, you can't tell if you're making the real and uh, right kind of progress, right? Okay. Okay. So when we think about fintechs and green techs, a big part of the innovation they bring into the ecosystem is to be able to solve for data needs, right? Sure. Yeah. And uh, banks absolutely need to partner with fintechs yeah. in that way yeah. because, you know, in the game of sustainability, there are you need more friends yeah. and collaborators than you need competition. Yeah, it's, it's no longer what it used to be. Do you look at, I mean, when the bank approaches these targets, right, is there a conversation that goes, okay, how bold can we be in our aspirations? Because you want to stand out as well, naturally. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? I, I think it's important for businesses to more and more step up in terms of leadership mm. uh, guided by purpose, mm -hmm. right? So when we think about uh, net zero by 2050, mm -hmm. it's going to be 
massively yeah. difficult to do. Yeah. But it is absolutely because it's difficult to do that the largest businesses, you know, SMEs, individuals, we all need to step up to the plate, mm. right? So when UOB was considering our net zero commitment, we didn't sign up to, for example, the Net Zero Banking Alliance okay. uh, uh, flippantly. We said we want to do the work. We want to understand, right, net zero by 2050. Is it a real concept that may be ambitious, but we can commit to with uh, integrity? Mm. And only when we did the work, we came to the market, we published our net zero targets like we did yesterday, and then we're joining uh, a lot of these alliances now, for example, the Net Zero Banking Alliance. Mm. So it needs to be ambitious, but it needs to be uh, executable. Otherwise, uh, we're, we're headed for a pretty bad world out there. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of talk on alignment, you know, as well as that commitment. Government policies, though, let's talk about Singapore's policies, you know, with regard to its decarbonization efforts. We've seen it evolve somewhat. Where's the alignment with banks? Yeah. What do you see? You know, when you think about Singapore, Singapore has done its magical thing yet again, right? <laughs> if you go back three, four years, um, sustainability as a concept was not that dominant in the sound sphere. Yeah. yeah. But because of the leadership of the government, today, when you say sustainability, when you say net zero, everybody knows it's something really important. And I think the government, especially in Singapore, has done a couple of things really well. The first thing is they have really, at the speed of light, sized up the net zero commitments. Last year, it was by the second half of the century. Earlier this year, it was about mid-century. And, you know, as of recently, you know, this very strong statement by 2050. So that overarching ambition, I think, shows businesses, uh, uh, the community, citizens, that the government is serious about taking this on. But beyond just a commitment, what the government has done is actually come up with concrete plans across various sectors on what needs to be done. Mm. And Elliot, you and I were talking about it just now. (laughs) Enough talk, it's time for action, right? And I think the ability for Singapore to connect the dots from, number one, national intent Mm. to, you know, working uh, together with the business community across various sectors in terms of what needs to be done, all in this collective coherent way of delivering uh, net zero by 2050. This is a master class in how nations need to go about the work of net zero. Mm. Just a side question, and because of your position as the Chief Sustainability Officer of UOB, what do you notice in terms of new staff coming in? Because this is actually in line with the younger generation, the younger millennials, yes. the Gen Z, yep. and how they want to ensure that they're working for a company with that purpose. Do you notice it? Absolutely, Elliot. And that's such a great observation. One of the things I share with uh, anyone who listened <laughs> to me is uh, today's business and national leaders are what I would call sustainability converts. Right. Right. We didn't grow up with sustainability in our mind sphere, but we realized how important it was and we are leaning into it. In 10 years' time, Elliot, Mm. our national and business leaders are going to be sustainability natives. They would have grown up with this concept built into every part of their DNA. They wouldn't expect anything else, right? And as we are bringing talent into the bank, as we hang on to our precious talent, you can tell that they don't only want good jobs, they want to work in a bank 
that they view as good and has yeah. purpose. And we've been able to actually attract really good talent because of our leading position on sustainability. Yeah, it's like how we say now, why walk to the cinema to buy a ticket when you can book it online? Yeah. They will reference some kind of technology so you don't waste electricity. Exactly. It's going to be amazing. Eric, we're kind of coming full circle. At the start, we talked about a bank's role when it comes to businesses and you know leading that push to that global transition to net zero. Let's talk about UOB's commitment to net zero. I mean, looking at how grounded it is in the realities of the regions that it operates in. Tell us a little bit more about these six sectors that you guys chose. How was it chosen? Yeah. So, uh, Elliot, like you mentioned, we chose six sectors across two uh, large ecosystems. Mm. Uh, Within the energy ecosystem, we're doing power, automotive, as well as oil and gas. In the built environment, we're doing real estate, construction, as well as steel. The reason we chose these six sectors are, number one, they are the sectors that emit a lot of greenhouse gas emissions and therefore a lot of potential to decarbonize. The second thing is these sectors represent about 60% of our wholesale lending book and therefore are material to our portfolio and also allow us to have a level of influence over our clients, Mm. right? Mm. And as we look at the hard work that needs to be done, it's not just one big commitment. It's now going down sector by sector, understanding the technologies that are available, understanding where our clients are in the journey, supporting them with advisory, supporting them with financing, and bringing them along on this journey. You know, in the game of banking, if our clients make it, we make it. If our clients don't make it, we will be worse off for it. I mean, how just just as a final question, I mean, how stressful was, you know, that conversation before making this announcement? Because the thing about us is if we're going to make a commitment, you know, especially as Asians, we got to, it will be measured here in Singapore. We mean it. Exactly. (laughs) Was it hard, you know, eventually coming up with these considerations? Yeah. It was many months of hard work. It was a lot of uh, internal debates, but I think it was the right kind of constructive uh, rub against each other to make sure we were coming out with the highest quality, most ambitious, but most achievable targets, Mm, right? mm. And I think uh, as of yesterday, as we went to market, uh, I can feel the entire organization is aligned to delivering to these goals. Mm. Well, we've been speaking with Eric Lim, the Chief Sustainability Officer of UOB. Eric, I really appreciate your time this morning. Take care. Thank you very much. Forging a net zero future. This special conversation was brought to you by UOB. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.